You are listening to the Wool Academy podcast. This is episode 104. Hello and welcome. My name is Elizabeth Van Delden and once a week we talk to an industry expert from the wool industry supply chain from farm to fashion and beyond, delivering strategies and insights to be successful in wool and showcasing those beautiful stories wool has to tell. Well, Monica, you have already been once on the show, or actually two times because you also interviewed me, but this is the second time that I have the, the honor of uh, interviewing you. And last time you were just in between uh, jobs and looking for a new career move, but since then a lot has happened and now you live in South Africa, working for an outdoor clothing brand called Core. So. For those of the audience who haven't yet uh, gotten to know you, could you just maybe first introduce yourself, talk a little bit about what you do, and yeah, give us a fill-in of what happened since we last talked. Okay. Well, um, yes, for those of you who don't know, and Lisa, thank you for having mm -hmm. me again on the show. Um, so I'm American. And um, I grew up on a sheep farm in Kansas and studied fashion design and marketing and then went on and studied um, animal production and um, focused on wool apparel product development. And then spent some time working in, in wool testing in the United States. And so I had just left um, my job at Montana State when I spoke with you last. And since then, um, I actually went and I worked in New Zealand for one year and then decided to take on this role at um, BKB for um, their clothing line called Core Merino. So with that job, um, I'm now managing the brand. And um, it's been a really exciting shift because Uh, with my background in fashion design and marketing and animal production, I get to do all of those things. BKB is a wool marketing company, and then they also have this consumer-facing brand. So we're on both ends of the supply chain with um, between uh, with the company, and so it's been really exciting and really challenging the last few months of getting things moving again with Core Merino, getting um, some new products in line. And, um, but I'm really excited for what's, what's coming and um, really happy to be in South Africa. Yeah, it sounds like a really dream job come true for you and congratulations. Um, and also the um, being so brave to, of moving uh, so many times, so yeah. I'm really excited for you, but yeah, not many may know what Core Merino is, so tell us a little bit more about the brand. Okay, so Core Merino is a South African brand. We make 100% wool um, base layers, so we have three main styles. Uh, so we have the base layer style, a mid-layer style, and then an outer shell. And that was the way um, when the brand started, those were the styles that were decided on. And the nice thing is um, I do have a, I've got consumer feedback from those styles and so we have new styles and new colors coming out later this year and ba was able to make those styles based on the feedback, what was selling well, what wasn't selling well um, as I continue to sell the current product line and expand the brand more within South Africa. So at the moment the brand is only sold in South Africa. 
Uh, we do hope to go international, but um, I really want to get the brand right in South Africa. And I think um, there's a lot of really exciting opportunities still to be discovered in South Africa. And um, there's, uh, I'm amazed at how active people are. And uh, there's so many people I've even been told by some people that it's the best kept secret. And that's the last thing that, the last thing that you want as a brand. But, um, you know, we've had really good sales the last several months. So um, it's been really exciting because I know one of the things that I'm, is often mentioned to me is the price point. And, Relative to international wool brands, the price point is quite low at the moment, but in South African terms, it's more expensive. And it's been really nice to be getting out to a consumer group that um, they don't even ask me about price anymore. They actually start asking more questions about where is it manufactured and, um, the, you know, the fiber content um, and those sorts of things. So, um. And what is the fiber content? and like what, how would you describe the quality? Yes, um, so the fiber content at the moment is 100% wool for our base layers and mid layers. Our outer shell is a laminated fabric, so it's a nylon outer with a wool liner. And so it's similar to, I mean, anybody who's familiar with the North Face, um, their soft shell jacket. So it's quite similar to that, just with a wool lining instead of a nylon outer. And um, so that is is the current line we are looking at more blends um for future product to make uh, a little more technical garment that might be nicer for running or cycling or some of those active outdoors um, pursuits and then also as much as i love the high wool prices right now it also helps a little bit with the price point <laughs> yes and did i understand correctly it, it's all south african wool Yes, yes, I would say that's one, um, the one major point of difference that I really want to keep for the brand, especially as I hope to go international. Um, because I worked in New Zealand um, and, and I've seen some of the amazing things that some of the brands there have done, as well as brands in Australia, Europe and other places, the, they really seem to have honed in on the ingredient of the wool and where that wool comes from. And there really aren't any brands out there in the world focusing on South African wool. And so that was a huge value proposition for me coming into the role and being able to position South African wool differently and really tell the stories. Um, I think there's a, a lot of incredible stories that aren't being told um, since I've been in South Africa meeting with seventh generation farms. I mean, that's just incredible to see how a farm has been passed through the generations. And um, there's so many incredible stories that should be told. So I'm excited. Yeah, that's sure. And yeah, I'm a big fan of core. I, I think I have almost too many core products in my wardrobe. And what I find that uh, maybe for our listeners who ha haven't been able to touch it, that it actually has a really nice soft touch to it and it's quite nice to wear as an extra skin garment. And I think the micron rate is... Yeah, the current product um, was 18.9 and um, we're actually going to be going a little bit finer than that. Um, we'll be doing 17.5. And the other th nice thing about doing 17 and a half, I don't know whether we'll continue with the 17 and a half, but it'll, it'll either be 17 and a half or 18 and a half, um, is actually also hitting the market um, for people with um, eczema and some of those um, 
skin issues that have trouble um, absorbing the moisture properly, but then also needing to have an ultra fine garment um, so you don't actually make the symptoms worse. And so um, I have had a few questions from people um, in South Africa about that. So it'll be really nice to, to hit that market um, as well of the people who do actually need um, and hopefully help them gain an understanding of why they should wear wool. Mm. Yeah, and speaking of target audience, um, who are you targeting with CORE in South Africa? Yes, um, the active outdoors enthusiast um, and even to an extent the more environmentally conscious people. Um, then those people I've struggled a little bit being based in in Port Elizabeth which is one of the smaller cities in South Africa uh, the market will more so be in Cape Town and Johannesburg Pretoria Santon some of those nicer areas so it is a little bit tough being um, away from the market but the the trips that I have made to Cape Town I haven't really spent a lot of time in Johannesburg just yet um, but will um, start spending more time there once I have the new product and um, just have things sorted a little bit more. There definitely is a, um, an environmentally conscious consumer in South Africa. And then, the act, as I said, um, the active outdoors, I mean, I think every weekend you could be out running on a trail, cycling on a trail, swimming in the ocean, paddling down the river. Um, and so the nice thing is wool actually works really well for um, a number of different ranges, whether I was amazed at how many paddlers preferred to wear wool going down the river because it keeps its thermal properties and the cycle gets wet yes mm -hmm. yes and um the cycling market i think is really intriguing uh, it's a market i think even globally i found a few brands that make a wool cycling jersey but not very many i know it means that the price point of the jersey will be more expensive than what most people will spend but when you think about how much money people spend on their bike and the kit to to cycle the you know uh, in rand terms a thousand to fifteen hundred rand on a cycling jersey actually isn't isn't all that outlandish so i think there's some very exciting things and then my personal favorite um running because i'm a runner myself and um, I actually joke with myself that I need to start running in synthetics again just to remind myself how bad they are because I've been <laughs> running in wool for so long that I don't even remember what it's like to run in synthetics. So um, I think there's some really massive opportunities um, to hit the active outdoors market that's been um, mostly ignored. Uh, there, uh, there's a few places that sell Icebreaker, but otherwise um, there really aren't any wool base layer brands in South Africa and although it's it's Africa so you think it is quite warm and it does get quite warm the winter times do get to get very cold so it is a it's is still a good market for wool products yeah and I think I'm only from talking to you I, I never knew that you know there was such a big enthusiasm for outdoor sports but then also whenever I, I did meet uh, other people from the South African wool industry they were all paddling or cycling or running so it's quite interesting um, that there's this I mean they have this beautiful nature so obviously they, they also enjoy um, being active in, in that great environment and then yeah so you mentioned in your introduction that CORE was already started around um, I think we talked earlier around five years ago and you joined now this year um, 
to bring up the brand a little bit more to speed. So what challenges did the brand have in the past and what did you learn from them and how will you then access that uh, for the future? Mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest challenges is, as I mentioned before, is it was relatively unknown. Um, our farmers knew about it and of um, the, the growers have been very supportive of the brand. It, I believe that's when they when the brand was started that was kind of the way that they started it that this was going to be more of a marketing opportunity to show the farmers what what product their wool can go into and, and what is what we were starting to see um, in the international space more and more wool based layers and more people shifting from the synthetic fiber back to wool and in doing so they they just the brand again it just, it just didn't really get out there 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 isn't a lot of brand awareness throughout south africa at the moment and so that's been um for me the biggest challenge but then it's like i look at the clothes and because i've been around the brand for several years now they're the same styles they're the same colors nothing has changed and i think oh my gosh how am i supposed to take a brand out there that's that nothing has changed but if nobody if somebody doesn't know anything about it then they don't know that the styles have been there they don't know that the colors are anything different so um it's been really exciting that now as i've gotten it out there more and seen people and getting their responses back and how much they enjoy the product and um that's been it's been a challenge but it's been a really nice challenge and um, then the next challenge is getting, um, because the wool supply chain is so long and being quite specific in that, I, that the wool need absolutely has to be South African wool, getting this new product through the supply chain has actually been um, the biggest challenge. Um, I've been pushing the manufacturers um, to get me the, you know, and starting from all the way from the sheep and um, you know, getting the yarn in time and getting the fabric and getting the right colors and um, getting the right sizing down um, because I'm doing a little bit of everything at the moment, um, just trying to keep, stay lean um, and get things going. And then from there I can expand the team. Um, I do have one um, person who looks more after customer service and um, we do have a small shop in Port Elizabeth. And so um, she's more of the consumer facing person and um, I'm, building the brand, but I have amazing support um, from my colleagues at BKB. And so um, it's been really exciting. I'm super excited for our, our new product to, to be here. It's, it's a, that's been a very big challenge in and of itself. And so, but I think we have lots of exciting things coming. So all of the, hopefully all of the challenges make it, um, will pay off and um, we'll see some really nice benefits coming. Yes, and I thought one interesting thing that you also immediately worked on was somehow a small thing but made a big difference is that you actually create, uh, took new images, uh, photography of your old stock, but that made a big difference. Can you exp uh, explore that a little bit more? Yes. Um, the photos that, that I, they actually really hadn't done anything new with the old product. They had the initial photo shoot right when the product had arrived and they hadn't done anything differently. And they still, uh, it still, the product probably wasn't even positioned quite properly. And even then I'm still working through getting it positioned in the active outdoors space. It's, at the moment it's a little more lifestyle, hiking, 
um, you know, hanging out with friends and that sort of feel to it. But really just, yeah, showing people this is how the product can be used and getting back um, on social media and getting out there and, and building engagement that way has been, um, it, it has been really nice. Um, and then, then the consumer feedback that comes just once you have more of an online presence and um, taking that ownership back. We had had the, um, a digital agency looking after the social media and probably um, to be fair to them, they might have, I think they were a little bit confused about what the brand was supposed to be about. And um, I think they were also of the mindset um, that they were targeting farmers with it and not um, consumers that were more based in the urban areas who, you know, Yes, because South Africa is quite rural, might take trips out into the countryside, but really wouldn't be um, exposed to, to sheep and, and understand that side of things. So shifting to um, showing a consumer what the product does, um, while I have no problem with showing the occasional picture of a sheep because that's where the, the fiber comes from, I think it's far more important in social media to really highlight the garment um, and what it can do rather than um, the ingredient that's that's in it and that then it um, it helps show the consumer why they should ultimately buy the product mm. yeah and it shows again how important it is to to have images to have content and, and be able to regularly communicate yes yeah, so I say communication is, is <laughs> very very important yeah and yeah we already talked a little bit um, about the supply chain and from knowing you already for a long time I know that you would love to make the, the whole product in South Africa but um, there are some challenges can you maybe go a little bit into that yes the biggest challenge is uh, we don't have a superwash or an easy care treatment in South Africa in fact um, what's left of wool scouring so the first stage processing of washing the wool and um, combing it into top we really don't have those capabilities left in South Africa which is really unfortunate um, and actually those really closed down just before my arrival although we didn't have the easy care treatment and so no matter what that wool has to go offshore but I am looking um, and working somewhat with other brands to, to look at manufacturing in South Africa. Um, I've done my own research into, into what manufacturing can be done. And then fortunately, the company that we're working with, um, the CEO is a former South African. So he will also be very critical in, in helping me try to bring some of the manufacturing back to South Africa. Because there's another big reason to, to manufacture in South Africa. They have a very high tariff on imported clothing in order to um, help their local industry. The biggest issue is when, you, when you're trying to create a wool product, it gets quite specific and because it's high quality and because wool has in, you know, attributes such as its ability to absorb moisture, you have to be really careful in getting that wool to you know, a stable level before you cut it to be then sewn into a garment. And so I really am just mindful of that and I want to make sure that, uh, that the manufacturing is capable to account for those um, attributes in wool and make sure that the product is still as high quality. I guess I look at it from the, 
from the farmer side, the, the wool grower side, in the sense that I want that wool to go into the highest quality product as possible. And so I know um, sometimes people get frustrated because they say, well, why can't you make it here at home? And I say, I really do want to um, to manufacture in South Africa, but I absolutely have to make sure that, that the quality of manufacturing is there because I don't want to put a nice wool product in the market that maybe wasn't cut and sewn as well as it could have been done or the yarn wasn't spun um, as nicely or you know the fabric wasn't knitted up as well so um, and those goods aren't there at the moment yes yeah so I, I mean I, they have cut and sew manufacturers and it, it sounds simple it's just putting a garment together but um, when you're dealing with um, I guess an active fiber in the sense um, of what wool is and the way that it reacts to different um, environments, you do have to be very careful. Okay. Well, thank you so much for sharing all those insights about CORE. Before we end, I have a, like two more personal questions, if that's mm -hmm. okay with you. Um, so you already said in your introduction that you grew up on a sheep farm in Kansas, then you've worked in the American wool and sheep industry then you had the opportunity to to also live for one year in new zealand and work there in the wool industry and now you really also got to know the south african wool industry can you maybe tell us what you've learned from all of those experiences and maybe also what are like the similarities and the differences between these different wool growing countries um the similarities and differences so The, one of the biggest differences that I love, because um, a lot of people just think, what? wait, you've moved here and there and there, and then how did you get interested in sheep being from the United States? So one of the biggest differences being in New Zealand and or South Africa, um, in some ways New Zealand more so than um, South Africa, is that um, people love sheep there and so in the United States everyone used to make fun of me because I loved sheep and we don't have as many sheep in the United States and even though I say we have a wonderful consumer who should be buying more wool and um, so and then the, the breeds of sheep are different um, the breed of the breeds of sheep that I grew up raising People also look at me a little bit funny because they're not merinos um, and even in New Zealand where they have um, more of the coarser carpet wool types, they don't even have wool that would be good enough to go into a, a product like that. And But with similarities, I think um, wool farmers anywhere in the world are some of the nicest people. Everybody has always been so kind and, and welcoming um, all the farms that I've had the opportunity to go on um, throughout the world. And um, both in both in New Zealand and South Africa, um, I've learned a lot more about rugby. I don't think I'll ever know enough about cricket to be able to share in a, in a cricket conversation, but shifting to um, different sporting events um, for, for the free time. But, um, and it's just, It's really been helpful in expanding my knowledge of the wool industry and seeing, um, you know, in the United States, we could have an entire, we could have a whole supply chain in the United States. Um, in New Zealand, they really actually don't have that. 
they do make more so for the carpet, but their merino wools all need to go overseas. So some of those things um, were really quite helpful then in moving to South Africa and, and understanding the differences in supply chains, actually even based on where you're at in the world. Mm, okay, that sounds so, like good insights that you get there. And what was your favorite moment so far working in the South African wool industry? My favorite moment so far working in the South African industry. I think, honestly, I don't. I have a lot of favorite moments, to be honest. Um, the trips around on the farms, the I've had two in-market visits, um, visiting our manufacturers, um, doing some market research. And so I guess I guess being able to do all of that in, in eight months, I've, I've been in South Africa for eight months. And, but I think actually my, fa my favorite moment was, um, so, New Zealand is for for me. I felt like New Zealand was quite expensive. Not that I I mean, I'm, it's not that I wasn't paid well or anything, but things were kind of expensive there. And um, moving to South Africa, and the first evening, um, I was welcomed by my colleagues, um, another Australian wool buyer, um, and so that was that was really nice to to first thing arrive in a new country, new job, and just immediately have a whole group of people around you. And then also the um, we went out and had drinks, and the gin drink was um, like 33 rand, which would be like not even four New Zealand dollars. And I think my eyes just got massive, like, oh, wow, I can actually afford to buy drinks again. <laughs> but um, but really, the the main point is that um, everybody has been so kind and and welcoming in South Africa. Uh, I don't think you can meet a stranger there. I think I've been invited to like 20 Christmases or something silly like that. Um, so many people have said, um, you know, oh, if you're staying here, then you, you have to come to, to us for the holidays. And so um, I think um, it's the it's the nice part. of It's, it's the sad part, too, because there's times that I feel like I have a life here. And then I still have my friends and former colleagues in New Zealand and in the States. So your world gets very big, I, even though it's hard to always connect with those people because um, distances are quite far. But um, so I think just um, continuing to build my wool industry family um, has been has been really incredible. Oh, that sounds really nice. Well, thank you, Monica, for sharing um, an update on what you're doing. And I wish you lots of success for CORE because it sounds really exciting. Yes, thank you. <laughs> so, I'm excited that you'll be able to get some new CORE products yes. very soon. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you and bye-bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Monica Ebert from CORE Merino. If you want to find out more about CORE and about the lovely products, of Comerino, then head on over to the show notes at elizabethvandelden.com forward slash 104. Once again, elizabethvandelden.com forward slash 104. And we did forget to mention the website of Comerino. So the website URL is comerino.com. Once again, it's comerino.com. And head on over, they also ship internationally. So you can check out their wonderful product. Well, I usually say at the end of a podcast, thank you for listening, talk to you again next week and bye for now. But actually this episode today 
episode 104 will be the last podcast for now so i wanted just to take the opportunity to thank everyone for listening during the last two years it's been an amazing trip and i've met so many wonderful people through the podcast and i hope that you also enjoyed listening and learning more about the wool industry thank you for listening i wish you all the best and bye for now